Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. A lot of people call it out and they see a story from Michigan. Say, Steve, check this out. It happened in your backyard. And I had not seen this one, but it's all over the place. I got this version from The Guardian. Tom sent it to me. Michigan man wrongfully jailed for 35 years wins $1.75 million payout. Now, here's the thing. Michigan is one of the states where if you were innocent and you spent time in jail and you can prove that you were innocent, the state will compensate you under some circumstances, but not all, not all. And so in this case, they're going to compensate him. But $1.75 million for 35 years. And you go, wait a second, that appears to be kind of an even number there because it's uh, 1.75 breaks up to 35. Yeah, there's a set amount per year, $50,000. So he has a separate lawsuit against some agencies involved in his um, incarceration, shall we say. But um, we'll get to that. So the man's uh, been freed after DNA ruled him out as the perpetrator in a very heinous crime involving a child back in 1988. The state of Michigan has agreed to pay him $1.75 million because he was, in fact, innocent and spent 35 years in prison after being wrongfully convicted of sexual assault. And I can tell you that this guy stuck to his guns on his story. And he could have gotten out earlier if he had simply admitted that he did it. He's like, I'm not going to admit to doing something I didn't do. So he was released in November after authorities said that DNA tests ruled him out as the perpetrator uh, in an event that happened in Albion in 1988. Albion's a very small town, a little bit west um, in the lower peninsula. Uh, there's a college there, which is what it's known for. People who are exonerated based on new evidence are eligible for $50,000 for each year spent in a Michigan prison. The attorney general's office sometimes resists paying based on strict criteria, but quickly agreed to compensate this man, and the deal was approved by a judge on Wednesday. The man told the Associated Press he'll probably use some money for a house as well as a vehicle for a sister. His sister needs help. Nothing can make up for 35 years in a Michigan prison for something he did not do, his attorney Wolf Mueller said. And I've met Wolf. It's been a while since I talked to him, but um, he's a good guy. This is a first step toward getting Lewis's life back at the age of 65. So he's 65 years old, and uh, it was a big chunk of his life spent in prison. Police investigating the assault settled on him as a suspect after an off-duty officer said he had been seen in the neighborhood. Now, here's where it gets messy. Police claim that he confessed, although they did not record that interview. They did not have him sign a confession. Um, They just said that, yeah, he confessed. The victim was also never asked to identify the man. So they never once said, is this the man who did this to you? He eventually pleaded no contest to the charges and was sentenced to 25 years to 50 in prison. He tried to withdraw his plea at sentencing, but the request was denied. So we don't know much about what happened there. And I apologize because it says he pleaded no contest. And the question is, why was was you know, did he have an attorney? And what was he told with respect to what a no contest plea is? Because a no contest plea is the functional equivalent in many respects as pleading guilty. But it's not exactly the same. That's why they have a different term for it. But pleading no contest means I'm here, but I'm not going to defend myself. Go ahead. And so when you plead no contest to something, um, there still has to be some kind of case against you. And the court is supposed to look into that. And so why the court didn't 
know, for instance, that the man was not ID'd by the victim and um, his alleged confession was never recorded or taken down in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the question is, was he even asked, by the way, did you confess to this? Did you? So he was repeatedly eligible for parole consideration starting in 2008, but he refused to take a sex offender therapy class, which was a key condition for his release, and he remained behind bars until DNA cleared him. And his attorney says, he said, I didn't do this crime. I'm not taking a therapy class. He cost himself several years standing on principle. Not a lot of guys would do that. So there's no guarantee he would have gotten out in 2008. But as you can imagine, that's, um, that's 16 years ago. And so if somebody said, do this and you might get out, most people go, fine, I'll do this. And so apparently, having spent some time behind bars, he realized, you know something? You know, what's right is right. So uh, he said he knew he'd eventually be cleared when his mouth was swabbed last summer for DNA testing. He said, I spent the last couple of months in prison with a smile on my face. Everyone thought I had something up my sleeve. Meanwhile, his attorney, Wolfgang Mueller, filed a lawsuit against police seeking more than $100 million. The lawsuit claims that the man's rights were violated during the investigation in 1988. And again, I like to do this uh, anytime I have a story with dates in it, uh, modern dates. I, I like to ask myself, where was I? 1988, I was still in undergrad. Uh, I was going to graduate from my undergrad uh, within a year or so, and then I'd be off to law school thereafter. So this is a couple of years before I even went to law school. And so I can think back to what I was doing around that point in time. I remember what radio station I was working at, for instance. I remember what car I was driving. And that was a long, long time ago. A long time ago. And so the guy has been in prison all that time. Now, I know some people are going to say, you know, Steve, he pleaded no contest, or he pleaded guilty, or, or you know, he, he didn't defend himself at that trial. Um, that's not right. That's not right, that, that, that he now is, is claiming other people are at fault for this. And again, we don't know what he was told by his attorney, if he had an attorney, uh, or if he was given, like, say, a court-appointed attorney who told him, look, dude, you know, do you know how hard it is going to be to defend you in a small community against these charges? And the police say you confessed. Uh, if you go no contest on this, you might be back in the streets in 15 years. But if you fight it and are found guilty and sentenced and the judge throws a book at you, you could be in for a long, long time. And so it might be that the guy made his decision based on that. Uh, but of course, that'd be bad advice because an attorney should have gone through the discovery on the case, looked at the file and said, what do they got on this guy? Okay, they claim he confessed, but there's no record of it. Huh, wait, wait, they've never asked the victim to identify the guy. That's weird. Why wouldn't they do that? And so that's the kind of stuff that, you know, if they hand you a file and don't tell you what to look for, it might take you a few minutes to find, but <laughs> you'd find that out pretty quickly. You go, okay, I don't see an identification here. Where, huh? I don't see a confession in here. What, what, what have they got? Oh, an undercover cop says that he saw the guy in the neighborhood around that time. That's, that's your case? That's the entire case? So, again, he did plead no contest, tried to withdraw it. They wouldn't let him. And then later on, as they're going through all the evidence, they discovered huge gaps in the evidence. And then, of course, luckily, they had something they could DNA test, which they could 
absolutely link to the perpetrator. And it is not this guy. And again, I don't know how much of a fight they put up on this with respect to DNA testing and so on. I know that occasionally we hear stories of prosecutors fighting DNA testing because they, no, 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 we don't want to. Why not? It's going to answer the question definitively, why not? And I remember, I've, I've heard a couple of different stories where somebody was making a claim like this and they go, I want the DNA testing of the evidence to prove I didn't do it. And someone's got to break the news and go, by the way, just, just so you understand, it could also go against you if they find your DNA where they're not supposed to find it. You understand that, right? This guy's like, no, I didn't do it. It's not going to be there. It's going to be somebody else's DNA, not mine. <laughs> so he knew he didn't do it. And I salute him for refusing to take the therapy classes, in essence, leaving himself in jail for 16 more years. Um, I know that a lot of people, given the opportunity to get out, would have done anything they could. And I mentioned the West Memphis Three a couple days ago. Those guys took the Alfred pleas just to get out because they were told if you do the Alfred plea now, you can get out now. If you don't, we're going to make a decision. We might retry all of you, and then you can get out after we retry you if you're found not guilty. Who knows what a jury is going to do? And if you spent time in jail and they go, you can get out right now? I can't blame somebody for taking that. I can't. I can't. So, Tom, thanks for sending that. That's from The Guardian, but it's, it's been in the news a lot of places. Michigan man wrongfully jailed for 35 years wins $1.75 million payout. That's from The Guardian. Questions or comments? Put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. There's a fine line between fishing and just standing on the shore like an idiot.